0: look our ultimate goal is i think is how can we be the most us in the true long form of communication life <laughs> you know this movie we're in that action was called one time the day we were born and cut will be called one time the day we die now what can we
1: do in that take in this take we're in hi my name is welcome to Feel Better, Live More. Hello and welcome. Now, when I started these podcasts back in January 2018, my aim was to connect with people who had new and exciting views and how we can all feel better and get more out of life. Little did I know that that would lead me to today's episode, 20 million downloads on Yes, that's right. This podcast passed that incredible milestone about a week and a half ago, but I'm now in a position where I can chat to one of the world's most famous Hollywood actors on my own show. Now, Matthew McConaughey might not immediately spring to mind as a self-help guru, yet for his 2014 Oscar acceptance speech, he memorably shared some of the tenets by which he lives his life and to which he owes his success. And Matthew has now collected his hard earned outlaw wisdom in his new book, Green Lights, which has become a bestseller all over the globe. Now, the book is absolutely fantastic. It's based on the journals that he's kept since he was a teenager. And it's part autobiography, a part guide to living, but it is 100% inspiration. I was delighted to learn that Matthew wanted to come onto my show and was prepared to give me 90 minutes of his time, something that is almost unheard of in stars of his magnitude. But as you'll hear in today's episode, Matthew isn't your typical movie star. You see, authenticity is very important to Matthew, as is his quest to, in his words, be more me. And that starts with eliminating what is not you, In Matthew's own life, key examples include his decision to leave law school and become an actor, and later to turn down vast sums of money to leave the rom-com genre behind. Whilst he acknowledges the financial privilege that allowed him to take these risks, his lesson is about being true to yourself and your values, and is just as relevant for each and every single one of us. He says to make sure that you are feeding your soul account as well as your bank account, investing spiritually as well as financially. We cover so many topics during this entertaining chat, our favorite U2 album, the current state of society, as well as the incredible value of journaling. What I love about Matthew's approach is that he really doesn't want to give you advice, but by sharing so many colorful stories and examples from his life, The end result is that we feel inspired and learn from a huge amount of life wisdom that he has accumulated. The beautiful thing about living, he says, is that you're the author of your life story. So be cool and be kind to your future self. And I think that's some pretty awesome A-list advice that we can all benefit from. I really, really enjoyed having this conversation and I'm pretty sure that you're gonna enjoy listening just as much. Now, before we get started, just a quick shout out to some of today's sponsors. One of the most powerful ways to improve our overall health and happiness is to get a good night's sleep, but if your daily routine has changed, it can sometimes be harder to fall and stay asleep. Now, we all love getting more sleep, but even though we know it's probably not helping us, Many of us find ourselves scrolling social media or reading the news when we should be powering down for the night. That's why I'm excited to partner with Calm, the app that's designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. And when you sleep better, you feel better in every part of your life. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by amazing voices like Stephen Fry. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And if you go to calm.com forward slash live more, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com forward slash live more. That's calm.com forward slash live more. Zendium Toothpaste are also sponsoring this week's show. Now we're becoming increasingly aware of the bacteria inside our guts for our immune system health, but have you ever thought about the bacteria inside your mouth? Well, the oral microbiome is your mouth's most powerful defense system. It's a delicate ecosystem that needs the right balance of bacteria to stay healthy. An unbalanced microbiome can contribute to dental problems, and modern life poor diet, too much stress, lack of sleep can upset its balance. Now, Zendium is the very first toothpaste brand that I've come across that aims to support the health of the oral microbiome. It uses natural enzymes and proteins that aim to increase the numbers of good bacteria, which protect your mouth naturally, and reduce bad bacteria to protect it against dental problems. The very best way to try out Zendium is to go onto Amazon and order. That is the online store Amazon where you can go and order Zendium toothpaste today. Now, on to my conversation with the one and only Matthew McConaughey. I mean, how's it been for you? I mean, that's really interesting for me because you've been doing so much press and I've heard quite a few of the interviews. And what has it been like for you? Because you typically, I guess, would promote a movie, and yeah. you would probably do a certain kind of interview, but you're doing a lot of these long form conversations, whether it's Rogan, Ferris on this show. How's that been for you?
0: Wonderful. I mean, on a couple of reasons. One, as we were just talking about, it's it's these longer form talks. And I love context and I love speaking about one thing and seeing and then having enough time in the conversation to speak about another subject and then loop it back in and go like we were talking about, you see how that applies to the earlier conversation. Cause all of my thoughts usually have some connection or through line. Um, the other thing uh, besides like in the format is look, when I go make a movie, I am usually playing a character in s- a script. Someone else wrote directed by someone else lensed in a camera by someone else and edited by someone else before it gets to the theater and you get to see, my work. That's four filters that my raw expression has to go through. Writing the book was one filter. You know, I I wrote it. <laughs> I'm I'm the main character in it. Uh I edited it, you know, with, with help and, and then packaged it and handed it to you. So that's only one filter from my raw expression. Um, and this is the truest permanent extension of me that I've ever put out. Um so It's been really fun talking about it. Now I will say this, it helps that it's translating. It helps that people, you know, it's preceding me. Meaning if I go sell a product or, and I've done this with some movies that moved, that that were not relating to people, people didn't like the movie or whatever. Those interviews are tough because I'm having to push it. I'm almost having to solicit. I'm having to bring up, oh, but what about this? Did you get this? If it's a good piece of art and it has an identity, if it's a movie, the interviewer will have all kinds of questions because they've seen it and it affected them. They, re- they related to it and they're coming back and engaging with me on that conversation, like this book. So far, it's translating to people. So people have plenty of questions for me. That makes this an easy thing to talk about because the subject matters have been diverse. We've covered almost all the book over a month and everyone's got different things they like or relate to it about. That makes it much more easier than me trying to solicit you about why maybe you should like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And the word that comes to mind is your... Describing that is authenticity. And mm. there are so many bits of the book which I have resonated with. There's, there's too many pencil marks in it, frankly, to go through everything in this conversation. But I tell you one of the ones which really got me. And it's in the front cover here in the UK version and in the inside cover. You start off, you say, You know, I've been in this life for 50 years. You say a few more things, but you finish off that paragraph saying, I've learned how to be fair, how to have less stress, how to have fun, how to hurt people less, how to get hurt less, how to be a good man, how to have meaning in life. But then this is it for me. This is the killer line. How to be more me. And Matthew, I really want to expand upon that because this is something I feel I've been on a journey with over the last five or six years. Um, I feel having a public profile here in the UK has certainly accelerated that process, but even looping back to what we were saying about long form conversation, I have made a very intentional move to going away from short form bite-sized media, despite all the recommendations I go, no, I'm going to do long form podcasting. I'm going to have long form conversation. And my videographer, Gareth, who's sitting here at the moment videoing, he's been really working with me on this whole idea of being authentic. How can I be the same person when this mic's not in front of me, Mm. when the mic is there? And so that line, how to be more me, that resonated deeply right into my soul.
0: Mm, Heard, Yeah. Well, hopefully that line resonates individually and originally with Everybody individually. I mean, I, I, I'm open to argument, but I think isn't that what we're all trying to do, whether we know it or not? Um, it's a it's a constant, you know, uh, adventure. Sometimes extremely challenging. Um, you know, I go I go into it in the book about it's very hard to know who we are. It's very hard to know what it is we want to do, and so to take some pressure off that situation maybe first let's eliminate the things in our lives that are not what we want to do. Meaning if you're, if, for instance, if you were uh, still finding your way in in long form, well, you got, you, you made the choice to say no more short form. And I, I, I want more time to, to, to sit here and, and be more myself. You eliminated something that was abbreviating who, you were or your expression of yourself. Now, Some people are very good in short form. It's like, you know, somebody, some people can make a 30-second ad better than they can make an epic documentary or a movie. And there's a yeah. real talent to that. And you can still be authentic in that. But it's usually, you know, just a greatest hits version. It's not an entire album. It's not an entire anthology. And that's what longer form allows us to do. I mean, look, our ultimate goal is, I think, is, you know, how can we be the most us in the true long form of communication? Life, <laughs> you know, the, the, this, this, this movie we're in that action was called one time, the day we were born and cut will be called one time, the day we die. Now, what can we do in that take, in this take we're in? Um, it's, a, uh, um, it's a wonderful, wild adventure, but I've always been interested in interrogating and investing, investigating myself. Um, you know, and it goes between sometimes I'll write the headline first, who it is i i I want to be who I'm trying to be, who I am in ten years and and then and then I'll try to live the story towards that headline um other times I'm like no i I don't want to be aspirational right now, I just want to just be and flaws, scars, bumps, warts, and all. Let's just be that. Don't deny those things. Let's just look them in the eye and go from embarrassment to laughter about those things, or from shame to forgiveness about those things. Um, so I tr- usually try to balance between those two. And uh, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I can see nothing. Nothing's more entertaining for an individual to do than to get to know themselves. And that can start with getting to know who they're not, but boy, that never gets old and it's never going to change because we never have a moment where we go, ta-da, I got it. Now I know exactly who I am. No, because yeah. as we, soon as we get to that place, we're like, yes, I feel secure in who I am. I'm seeing the world clearly. The world is reverbing back to me, what I'm giving to it. As soon as we hit that place, if we have any ambition at all, we open up a whole new treasure chest of questions and evolution to yeah. to, to, to live through.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? When we think about that phrase, in some ways, it should be the easiest thing in the world to be more of ourselves, right? It's in some ways, some people may be listening going, well, you know, I am me. I, of <laughs> course I'm being me. But the problem is many of us, and I certainly have been for a lot of my life, I kind of feel I'm on this fast track to discovering myself i think it's the best journey i've ever been on it's the best game in town it's the one that keeps stimulating me and keeping me going day in day out but why do so many of us then perform at life do you know what i mean what what why is it what what goes on that means we have to go on this journey to actually find out who we actually really are
0: well you know the world is our mirror you know i said earlier about how when those times when when I'm feeling the most me and the, and, and what I'm giving out is, is revering back to me. You know, what my soul's giving out, I'm getting a a like response from the world. That reciprocity is when I'm like, Oh, there's no gap between who I am and, and, and what people are, or what I'm doing and what people are receiving and what they're giving back. But a lot of times there is a big gap there. Um, Expectations. Uh, um, If you get in a position you know, uh, to whatever extent we're both in it of, uh, being known. People have a, a hidden biography of us before we meet. I, you know, I remember when I first got famous over one weekend, my life changed. It, it just inverted. All of a sudden the world was a mirror. I didn't meet any more strangers. And not only did I not meet strangers, people came up and go, Oh my gosh, how's Miss Hud? And I'm in my mind going, wait a minute, I don't know your name. How'd you know I had a dog? How'd you know her name was Miss Hud? And how'd you know she was diagnosed with cancer? You just skipped four things and came right up and said that. So, you know, we, we, uh, um, uh, there's often times that we have to put on different hats and play different parts and know our zone. And there's an art to that. Now, can we do that authentically as well and still be ourself wearing that particular hat? are playing that particular role and still be ourselves doing that because we have everybody in us. Everybody has everybody else in them. Humanity is in all of us. I I answer this question all the time when people ask me about my job acting, Well, you're playing someone else. I said, no, when I do it really well, I'm actually playing more of that part that's in myself. Um, but I mean, expectations, um, you know, sometimes I love to say this sometimes we, we, uh, look better than we feel. And sometimes we feel better than we look, but what's really nice is when we look just about as good as we feel, and we feel just about as good as we look. There's no gap between those two, you know? Um, But it's a similar situation. I think a relationship with the world, we have expectations of ourselves. Other people have expectations from, for us, whether they're right on the money and accurate or not, that can sometimes be the battle. Um, I've succeeded at times when the world was not seeing me as I truly am. And I sat there and was like, maybe I should just let this ride, (laughs) you know? And because, because, because I'm getting, I'm getting bank on this. I'm getting certain respect on this, but actually that's not even really who I am or those times where you ever had fans um, that you're like, boy, my biggest fan to me, I'm, I'm not really fans of them. You know, what's really nice is when you go, Oh, someone who's a genuine fan of me and who I am. I'm a G I was a genuine fan of them. So again, there goes that lack of that gap where what yeah. you're giving out is what's being received and it's coming back, but that doesn't always happen. Look at for athletics use as a metaphor, golf, just like when you're, if you're a golfer, which, which I used to play a lot of golf when I'm playing really well, it is so easy. Yeah. Being ourselves when we are being ourselves is so easy. But the challenge is thinking, ah, I've got it. I'll be on this frequency forever. Yeah. But no, we get thrown off. Either we throw ourselves off or the world throws us off, like a golf swing. When I'm sitting there playing great, this is the easiest game in the world. Yeah. So, but then you can also overcompensate a truth. You can overcompensate and exaggerate something that is one of your own assets, meaning like, if for a golf stance, if I've got an open stance and I'm trying to get rid of my slice and I start to close my stance a little bit and someone goes, oh, look, you didn't notice it, but your stance is way wide open. That's yeah. why you're, 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 you're behind the ball and you're slicing it. I close my stance a little bit. Now I'm hitting it straight. Well, if I don't watch it two weeks later, I've overcompensated and I've closed my stance four more inches and now I'm snap hooking the ball. You know, so uh, you can, you can all of a sudden overcompensate and become too much and do the opposite and find an uh, inauthenticity on the other side as well. Um, Well,
1: But I guess in golf, in golf, you have, if you have a coach, the coach picks that up for you, right? You don't know you're doing it yourself. The coach says, hey, did you know, actually, you're actually, you're setting up with a closed stance. You're like, really? No, I thought I was uh i was dancing square so then when we use the golfing metaphor in life who is the coach in our lives that is going to tell us when we're not lining up straight
0: well ultimately it is us ultimately it is the man in the mirror yeah it's just also depends on what mirror we're looking in yeah, yeah. um are we looking at one of those skinny mirrors that's down there on the Boulevard and Beverly Hills that makes us look taller and thinner and younger (laughs) are we looking in one of those ugly mirrors that make us look fatter and uglier and older or are we looking in one that's actually looking the square in the eye and going yeah that's that's what I look like that's who I am Um, now I know I have loved ones around me that can help nudge me nudge me back to be in who I am while still understanding that, oh, this is a change you're going through. You're trying to evolve. But as long as you don't forget your core values. Great. One of those is my wife. I have good friends. You know, um, challenge in my position is with success. Some people just can yes you to death. Yes. yeah, Yes. Awesome. Love it. Great. Oh, more. And, 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 and they're, they're not really measuring off of your true of my true authenticity or my true competency to be who i am because maybe they're just like yes oh that's awesome and like it's a good measure sometimes i even you know in testing relationships out sometimes and even business relationships i will try something that i know is inauthentic and see what that person's response is and if they're like oh my gosh that's it that's so awesome like no you don't really see me uh straight Um, I I thought you might, but I had a hunch you didn't. And now you've confirmed that you don't really see the same truth that I, that I see.
1: I mean, what I hear when you say that is, is that you're someone who's spent the time to really get to know yourself, what makes you tick, what is authentic for you, what is inauthentic. And therefore you now have systems and practices around you to make sure that the way you live is in alignment with that. But what I see is many people who don't really know who they are, have not taken the time to know who they are, who basically are living somebody else's life. They're living the life that maybe their parents wanted for them. Uh, You know, in my profession in medicine, I see this a lot. Guys who, and you know, men, women who frankly ended up in medicine because that's what their parents wanted for them Mm -hmm. and they're locked in now with the mortgage and uh, school fees and whatever else and they can't see and they feel trapped which is why they drink so much at the weekend or go gambling or some way of letting off steam and what I find really amazing and I was chatting to my kids about this actually I told them I was interviewing you and I was saying because they're at the moment Getting into journaling. And it's something uh, I've been sort of talking to them about. You know, I have a 10-year-old son, a seven-year-old daughter, and they're currently journaling every day. And I said, Did you know the guy Danny's interviewing on Friday night, he's been journaling for 35 years since he was 14? They're like, What? Really? Yeah. And I said, That's a book now. He's put it all into a book. So these guys are like mesmerized with that. Mm. But I'm I'm thinking, I journal, but I didn't journal when I was 14 years old. So mm why did you start journaling? Was that something that you saw around you? Was it something that was intuitive to you? Because it's such a phenomenal, um, life skill. It's such a phenomenal tool to start getting to know yourself. Where did that come from in you?
0: Um, I didn't grow up in a family of, of, of writers, um, or readers or, voyeurs or viewers. We were a if it's daylight outside, get outside and play. You can't watch TV or read a book because why would you want to read or watch somebody do something that you can go out there and do yourself. That was my mom's kind of line. So we were not an introspective family. We weren't callous to introspection. We just almost we were so resilient, we almost denied wintertime. <laughs> and and I always tell my mom this mom our greatest asset is resilience. I said there's a loophole in resilience though if you get, if you if you trip and fall down and every time you trip and fall down you get up and you dust yourself off so quickly and move on you become a repeat offender of stepping in the same pothole that you tripped on because you never actually took time to go now why did I fall down right there so the why did I fall down right there was probably my Original reason for diarying and writing in my journal. But it was normal, adolescent, 14 year old. Oh, Gretchen broke up with me. My heart's broken. Why did she break up with me? And why do I have all these pimples on my face? And why will they ever go away? And, what? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff to begin with. Um, and then asking those wonderful, youthful questions the big one, why to everything. Yeah. Which every child asks and continues to ask, and then the why turned into the who, what, where, when, how. Everything was a question mark, and just the asking of the question was part of finding myself. I think because I didn't find answers to some of those questions until yesterday. Um, you know, uh, and 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 in the days since then. But the early my teens were a lot of the a lot of those 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 questions. Um, then something interesting happened in my early twenties. I started to find my stride. I was at University of Texas at Austin. I was making the grades. Mom and dad were happy. My relationships were healthy. I had a nice girlfriend. I was in the fraternity. I Had a job. I had forty bucks in my back pocket. Life was. I was looking forward to Monday morning. Life was kind of rolling. And I remember. I don't know where this came from, but I remember going, Ooh, you don't, you don't really, you're not going to your diary as much. You're not going to your journals as much. And I was like, yeah, cause I'm, I'm rolling. What well, I need to go to. It. And I was like, I got a hunch. You need to keep writing about what you're doing now because it might help you out later. And it turned out to be true. Meaning when I got in another rut, which we all do when, We need to remember that when we're all just rolling and on time and everything's just sunny for us. We need to, even though we think like to tell ourselves, well, this is the mean now, right? I'll never get off this because I found it. Eh, Negatory, you'll get off it (laughs) or someone will knock you off of it. But what I found is I was able to go back when I was in a rut. I was able to go back to my diaries for when I was dissecting my success. So we're so taught to dissect failure. And what I found is I was able when at times I was in a rut to go back and go, what were your habits here in your life when you were rolling, when you were on your frequency? Who are you hanging out with? Where are you going? How much sleep are you getting? What are you having to drink? How are you waking up in the morning? How are you looking at the world? How is your did you have your wink? How is your sense of humor meter that? So I was able to look back and go find some older habits when things were going well that helped me recalibrate and get back in line yeah. in times where I was off my frequency or off balance.
1: I mean, one of the first things when I was reading your book and, and researching for this conversation today, was I thought, that is so cool. You journal when you're good. And so you can back reference when things aren't going well. Hey, what was I doing when I was flying, when I was rolling, when I was running downhill? What, what was I doing? Yeah. And it, it strikes me that it's such a useful practice for people that really will help everyone understand. Cause you know, we never stay on top forever, right? There's always an up, there's always a down, there's a wave mm-hmm. like it goes up, it goes down. And it's a nice little reminder. Um, but what, you know, you said you had a hunch that that would come in useful. Yeah. And it strikes me that you have a lot of, or you have had a lot of good hunches in your life. Starting journaling was a pretty good hunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, journaling when you're good, not just when you're bad, was a pretty good hunch. Mm -hmm. The other hunches which I love about your story is this idea that many of us in our mid, you know, in our mid lives start to try and find ourselves, right? Start to think about things like values. But again, I think you were ahead of the game because it sounds like at various times in your life, so you're at college, you're at university, you're doing law. And you really feel that it's not the career for you, right? So you, you know, you, you, you know that it's not that something's not sitting right. But many of us at that point know something's not sitting right. But we drink our ways through it, we keep going, we don't have the courage to step off the treadmill, and we end up at 30, 40, 50 in jobs that we hate, in relationships that we don't like. But you knew to have a career change then. And then also when you've made that career change, when you're successful, when you're the rom-com king, I've heard the story where you actually decided, man, you know what? I can kind of do these in my sleep. They're not really pushing me. They're not not giving me something deeper that I'm craving. This is not aligned with my values. I'm not going to do it anymore. So that is, you know, do you realize, I mean, I feel that is incredible, uh, Insight, intuition, hunches—whatever you want to call it—because I don't think everyone's got that. And where do you think that has come from?
0: Great question. Because um, I, I mean, I have had some good hunches. Not all of them have succeeded. I had some hunches that i failed at as well. But I've always had a pretty one. I, I don't know where I—I I don't know where it came from. But I've always had a sense of the a very long view. Meaning, you know, oh, just try and pull it off. Make the decision. I dare you. I don't, even if it doesn't work, it's not as big of a deal. Whereas someone else may go, no, it's a huge deal. I'm going, no, nah, not really. Not in the long term. Not in the long game. Not in long, it's not really. Let's see. I don't know. i got to find out. I'll regret, not, I'll, I'll regret not putting myself in the ring. You know, I'll regret not wrestling Michelle in, 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 in Africa in that story, more than if I go wrestling and get my ass beat, you know what i mean i, I just, at least i just want to find out i want, i want, I want to know um you know I could say a lot of that was probably instilled in me being my mom and my parents, but I think very early on i i i, I didn't have i had a, I had a healthy amount of non reverence for the damn outcome, yeah. <laughs> You know, I had a healthy amount of, well, i got to find out. I'll I'll work it out when I get there. If it doesn't work out, I'll I'll find my footing somewhere else. Um, So maybe that's called confidence. I I don't know. I also love to pull things off. I love to take it. I love to dare myself about the right things and and, and try and do them. You know, you spoke of a bunch of circumstances, one being like the the two-year rom-com, hiatus after those. It was going against my values, I wanted to see if I could pull off having a career and a job that challenged the vitality I was feeling in my real life, where I just had a newborn son, where I was just falling in love with the woman for me. Boy, I was so vital. I laughed harder, had more joy, cried harder, was angrier, everything. The ceiling and the basement of my emotions were wild and wonderful. And I felt very alive at my work. I was like, eh, okay. So I said, I remember saying, well, it's got to be one way or the other. I'm glad your life feels more vital than your work, but let's at least try and get to work, see if it can challenge the vitality. And that was part of that two years off. It just wasn't. And I did in that two years. I considered other careers. I, I thought I may not come back and, and, and work. And I, I didn't boo-hoo on that. I did, I wasn't. If that would have happened, meaning if I would have never got offered the jobs that brought me back into yeah. cinema, I'd be fine right now. I don't know. Maybe I would have taken up law. Maybe I would have been a fourth grade teacher, orchestral conductor. I don't know. I would have done something. I got, you know, And maybe that comes from also... We we were taught early on. You get up there and you better go hustle for it. Be a set. Yeah. We're, we come from a family of salesmen. You could sell. I was always like, well, I can sell something. Something. I, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna go hungry because I could sell something. Yeah. Um, and ended up in a in a in a position to be able to sell my greatest, you know, thing I value the most. Sell myself. Um, and that leads back kind of to your opening question about authenticity. Boy, I mean, look, let's admit it. And I don't think every, not everyone, we can't all do what we love. Can we, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't unemployment be just sky high if everyone only did what they loved? It's a good, it's a question I I bring up. My brother says that to me and I'm like, yeah,
1: I guess you're kind of right I don't think we can the way the world is currently set up, that's for sure. I mean, I'd like to think, you know, when people talk about technology and AI and how it might change things, there's lots of pros and cons, but I, I do, you know, I'm an optimist, right? I always think the best is going to turn out, the best is going to happen. I think, well, maybe society will change to the point where technology will end up doing all the roles and the jobs that we don't like doing, Right. so we can actually all... You know, tap into our creative selves and actually Uh be Yeah, I love that idea. Is it is it am I dreaming? Probably. But you know, I kinda I kinda like dreaming.
0: I like it. I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, maybe technology could do that. Do all the stuff we don't like to do. And then we become better parents. We become more creative in in, in how we engage with the world and each other. And you know, not everyone becomes artists, but we all get better at the art of living.
1: Yeah. The Art of Living. I'm going to come back to that because that's something I circled uh, when I read it. Um, But uh, Matthew Greenlights, that's the name of the book. It's an awesome name. What is a green light?
0: A green light is very literally a thing on this highway of life that says, go, Continue. I affirm your way. Carry on, sir. Freedom. More. Yes. Red and yellow light are hardships, crises, things that make us slow down, think, ponder, introspect, jackknife, interrupt, intervene. Death. Someone gets sick. They stop us,
2: slow us down. We don't like them found
0: that uh, uh, green lights in our lives are a lot about our own choices. We can engineer them. We the choices we we make. We can engineer them to have more of them in our future. When we are responsible for our present. I found that sometimes green lights just fall in our lap. We don't have any science or reason about how or hell how or why they landed here. But damn, I'm glad they did. Woo-hoo! So what am I going to do with it? I found that green lights are sometimes about perspective. Sometimes the green lights can be about actually not even give the, giving the crisis of the red or yellow light credit and blowing through them. Because, nah, that dart don't stick. I'm not letting that stick. That's false drama. Uh-uh. I'm denying that because I've been in my own red and yellow lights for it. And I've, you can dwell in a yellow light and turn that into a red light. <laughs> you, can, you can self-sabotage and dwell in a, a yellow light and turn that baby deep red. Well, I prefer to go the other way, um, turning green. Um, I think they're about um, responsibility and fate. I think they're about responsibility and freedom, and they're a lot about that relationship of responsibility and freedom, how we are responsible for our freedom and how there's great freedom in responsibility. Again, those two not being contradiction. And while we don't want yellow and red lights, I've found that most oftentimes they're actually giving us something that we need. And when do we know or notice that the red and yellow lights in our life are actually have a lesson woven into them? Sometimes we realize it in the moment. We may not know what it is, but sometimes we realize, I know this, this, is, this is good for me somehow. I just don't know why. It's a good thing I'm going through this. Sometimes we notice it tomorrow, the next day. Sometimes we'll notice it on our deathbed. And I think that probably sometimes we'll notice the green light assets of a red and yellow light. We may not even notice them in this lifetime. It may be our great, great grandkids that realize what that lesson was three generations from now. There's also different kind of green light. Some of them are battery powered. They're short term. Yeah. That's fine. But what I'm really seeking, and I think most everyone in some level is seeking, is what are those solar-powered green lights? The ones that are going to shine on for us longer and brighter in our future and continue to shine after we're gone from this life. Um, That's the ones I'm trying to chase. It's not the ones I always catch. Because here's the other thing. If life was nothing but green lights, literal green lights, it'd be like, So what's it all about? I mean, all just entertainment, (laughs) you know, which it's not. So we need the yellows and the reds to have some form. We need those resistances, those things that slow us down. Gravity, you know, to to red lights that stop us in our tracks to help us grow and evolve. Yeah.
1: Yeah, love it. Really hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. Just taking a quick break to give a shout out to the sponsors. Athletic Greens make one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I have ever come across. Now, nutrition is important for so many aspects of our health and well-being, not just our physical health, but our mental health as well. Now, ideally, everyone would get all of their nutrition from real whole food, but many of us struggle to consistently do that. That is why I do like high-quality whole food supplements like Athletic Greens. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, and digestive enzymes, and I myself take it regularly. If you're looking to take something each morning as an insurance policy to make sure that you are meeting your nutritional needs, I can highly recommend it. For listeners of the show, if you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more, you'll be able to access a special offer where you get a free travel pack box containing 20 servings of athletic greens which is worth around £70 with your first order. You can check it out at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. But uh, Matthew, when I when I think of you, I think of someone who's really a philosopher, actually someone who has so much deep philosophical wisdom to share uh, I wonder if that surprises people or not, if people have just seen your films before. I don't know. I'm interested as whether that has surprised people because that is such wonderful depth and take home value, I think, for all of us uh, in the book. But as I read it, I think, and you mentioned golf. So I think a nice analogy in golf is I took up golf, I think, in my late 20s. it's quite late to take it up. Uh, I had back problems at the time, and my physio at the time said, "You know what about golf?" I said, "What really with a with a with a bad back?" She said, "Yeah, yeah, you can if, if you learn to swing the golf club properly. There's no problem uh, with a bad back." I thought, "Ah, okay, cool, right?" That's given me go. Yeah, so I went all in. I went all into golf. I chucked myself things. So I thought, "All my buddies can play. There's no way I'm rocking up, not being able to play and actually play as well as them." But what was interesting is with golf lessons. You sort of, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a root cause swing fault that's often there and you get better and your handicap starts coming down. But when you're not playing well, you go back to the coach. Oh, it's the same swing fault I had three years ago. Five years later, your handicap's down. You know, I only, play, I only played competitively two, three years. got down to I think 14 or 15 and then I haven't been able to play since then. But it's the same swing fault that keeps coming out no matter how good you get. It's always the same problem. And then using that as a metaphor, if we look at your life, what is that, I wouldn't use the word flaw, what is that characteristic, that trait that keeps coming up that you work on and then you Mm -hmm. move forward but when things aren't going well, when you're going uphill, what's that fault that keeps holding you back?
0: Great question. It's my swing fault that has held me back. Um, Confidence. What is sometimes my greatest asset and is my (laughs) is my upfall. Um, Can be I challenge myself to, you know, when I'll put a proverbial roof over my head of what I think I can accomplish or do and all of a sudden catch myself and go, where do you get off? Who do you think you are putting a a roof over your head about what you can do, boy? And I I feel very arrogant about that. And then have to go, when I think I'm thinking more clearly, it's like, no, we're not even tapping into the 11%, man. What are you talking about? You know, it's the old, oh, 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 oh. I talk about it in the art of running downhill. It's the, yeah. it's the oh, oh, Icarus. Oh, the sun's melting. my The wax hit my wings. And when you look up, you're like, boy, it's barely even warm. <laughs> you think it's melting? That wax is barely even warm, son. <laughs> Who do you think you are thinking you're flying so high? Now, you know, you could look at that and go, well. Have I also flown high and maybe let my ego get out of control, which I would call an out of control ego, not true, confident, but let it let it get out of control where maybe I could have treated others better and treated myself or maybe got complacent because, aha, look at me. Yeah, I've, I've been guilty of that as well, um, but confident. I don't have a crisis of confidence, but I have times where, like, here's the thing. This is a this is great way to explain it. I'm always better in real life than I've ever been in my damn dreams. I never pull the stuff off I pull off in life in my dreams. And I get nervous before situations and have a crisis of confidence. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then after I get in, the, I'm in the ring, ding, ding, I do it. 99% of the time, I'm like, ha, you were better. You did it more truly than you thought you would. So, okay, where are those butterflies early healthy? And where are they Cut the crap, Hey, quit acting. Have more confidence and walk forward boldly. Go do it. Believe in yourself more than you do. Um, so I would say that's, that's, that's one thing that uh, for whatever mountains I've climbed, and I've climbed quite, quite a few, whatever things I've achieved, um, and I've achieved, I've achieved some mortal things, um, there's a lot more. And a lot of different things that I I could do and more of what I'm doing that I haven't yet found the confidence and the clarity for with which to do it. And it may just be me going, hey, throw yourself in the ring. Quit talking about it because that has been a great gift of mine. Just come. Let's find out. Yeah. Come on. Quit talking about it and put ding, ding. No audition. Don't ask permission. Go. Yeah. Find out.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I think that has a lot of value for people as well to think. Because, you you know, you have all the ticks on what society defines as success or what a lot of people in society define as success. You've got a lot of those things ticked off. And then for people to hear that sometimes you have an issue with confidence, I think that's very, probably very comforting for many people who might be struggling with confidence in their own lives to hear that so I think that's yeah it's it, it, it's pretty I, I think it's really great that you share that you know it's funny when i've been when when we secured the uh interview with you um i I went through a certain record in my mind which was um which is oh man i've got a i've got a proper a-lister on the show oh wow this is the first time and i was thinking oh man he's done rogan he's done ferris oh, oh my god you know you've got to you're gonna have to you know step it up you know and and this record started playing and it was really interesting is that the rongan of two or three years ago would have had imposter syndrome in this conversation mm. but i've been done I've, I've been doing a ton of personal work since my dad died actually and in, in, almost eight years ago when we'll maybe come to that but it's really interesting is that I don't feel it anymore. And actually, a few days ago, I, I said to myself, are you really nervous about it? And I thought, I'm not. It's like a jacket that used to fit me. Yeah. but I, and, and I think I need to wear it, but it just doesn't fit good anymore. And I was like, I, I'm really not. And I think, wow, maybe this therapy has helped me. Maybe I'm actually not feeling the imposter syndrome. And then I started looking and thinking, well, actually, I see a lot of similarities between Matthew and myself. I feel that you're someone who's always striving for excellence in anything you do. I could be wrong on that, but that's certainly the feel I get. I get the feel you're going to chuck yourself into something without actually sometimes thinking, can I do this or not, which is very much my modus operandi. I'm just going to chuck myself in. I'm going to sink or swim. Um, I love your story uh, when you played golf with your brother that you write about in Green Lights and uh, the quick thinking you had to do um, with the dog and the blindness. And people can read about that. It's a, it's a brilliant story. And, and, and I thought, man, that sounds like me going with my buddies to like a Ryan Adams gig and without tickets and actually talking us into the kind of front circle. Just, no no we were definitely on the gas list, you know, sort of stuff I used to do in my twenties. And I felt a real, a real connection to you. And then yesterday I heard your Spotify playlist. Um, and, I went to my mum's house this morning and I pulled out my vinyl copy of, can you see that? Yes,
0: one of my favourites all-time, rattle and Home.
1: Me too. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. We, have, we share a very similar, this is one of my favourite uh, albums of all time. And I would not, however, have chosen Silver and Gold like you did. So why is Silver and Gold your favourite song on this album?
0: Well, I've got quite a few favorite songs on that album. Silver and Gold is on there. Um, because it was, you know, written at a time when I believe there's was, was a little Stephen talked Bonn talks about it in the song. It's putting again putting a group together artists against apart that um, and you know it's a song about what's really what where are values where do they really lie you want to hit them where it hurts silver and gold baby what's a boxer told when he goes in the ring hit where it hurts man knock them out everything else is a bunch of pageantry you really want to get something done it's about silver and gold baby that i added that particular song in this recent spotify list one to represent that album which they can read the book to find out some other very funny things about me listening to that album, but that's a very timely message for today. Yeah. Where we are, because it's still
2: money's still King. Now, should it be King?
0: That's the question. That's, that's the question we bring up, but we have to admit, you know, that that's still King. When we in America four years ago, are going, I cannot believe, I got a lot of friends, I could, cannot believe Trump was in office. I'm like going, well, hang on a second, before we even get into details, what do we say success is in America? What do you get respect for in America? Money and fame, baby. This guy's on a TV show and he's got a lot of money. I mean, that, 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 that's already... You know, I mean, forget even what his, what his personal politics are. That'll get you that'll get you at the table at the biggest table, all right there. And we teach that. We tell you that's why you get respect. We tell you that's how you make it. So I sit here from a privileged position of also being someone who has both of those money and fame.
2: But those have never been at the top of my list of what I value and what
0: I'm really wanting to chase or chased long before I became rich and famous. Yeah. Those are not what I was chasing. Um,
1: I was a side effect, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate them and I have nothing against money and fame. That's not what I'm saying, but they were, uh, um, you know, what's that line? I was sort of doodling with this line the other day. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm responsible for where I am, but where I am is also responsible for where I've been. Anyway, I think I'm, I'm, I'm mucking that up. But it was a, you know, I am part of who I am. I've always thought that, you know, who I am just keep living. Who who I am in life needs to have must have the most import before who I am once I became famous. Fame. Because you can you can get fame and you can start going, wait, who's who's wagging the dog? <laughs> am I now the am I the dog or the tail? You know what I mean? And I was always like, no, 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 no. I've got rights as a human. I've got rights as a citizen. I've got rights as a man. I've got rights as me that I am not going to bow down to or kowtow down to because I am famous. No, no, no. That's cart before the horse. Uh-huh. That's, that's got to go the other way around. If I become famous because I can be more me, great. If I can make money because I can be more me, great. Now, I know I always make mommy's success being the most me. Like I said earlier, sometimes I've gotten away with it without going with making, oh, I'm really succeeding. and This is not truly me. And I have measured. I'm not so puritanical where I'm going, well, I'm not doing it. But I have gone, well, let me just measure this. Is that in the is that in the green or is in the or is it in 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 the red? Is that an asset or a debit? Well it's not really harming anybody, so I'll let it slide sometimes. You know what I mean? Where maybe it's not the most authentic me. Maybe I'm not telling the most truth on me. Maybe I'm just trying to get trying to get through it without telling a lie. That's not near as fun as being more me and finding, you know, 10 ways to tell the truth and express myself that can be successful it's much less fun to just go through something and go, well, this is really kind of good for my bank account. And it's getting me a lot of uh, accolade and respect. And it's not necessarily uh, totally true, but at least I'm not telling a lie. So it's sort of a lie by omission (laughs) a little bit, but I've, I've, I've I've succeeded that way too. Um, But I've chose silver and gold because of that. It is a very, uh, it, it, it's a great tune for these times to call us out. And, yeah. and they are, uh, um, you know, spitting it on that album. Am I bugging you? Didn't mean to bug you. You know, I mean, uh, Bono and the boys are just slinging it on that yeah. album, calling it out, all the contradictions. They're not even judging it. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they're just throwing it in our face. And, and, and that, that song is a great representation of that and very relative and relevant to where yeah. we are today and what I think we should at least be aware of and hopefully question. Yeah.
1: yeah wonderful to hear that. Um, it's funny that, you know, when, when, for people who are U2 fans, it's often not the album that comes up. And, and the reason I say that is I remember when I was at university, there was this, this kind of late night bar called Negotiants. It was opposite the, the student union in Edinburgh. And, you know, if we'd been out to some pubs or seeing some bands play on the way home, we'd often just stop in for a few pints, a kind of big plate of nachos. And we we used to fantasize about what 10 albums would we take if we were on a desert island. And there was always this debate because we were all big U2 fans. There was three or four of us. And we'd fight, like my buddy Luke was saying, mate, acting baby, definitely. I am like, no, mate, Rattle and Hum, man, it's raw. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's
0: Joshua Tree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we used to, so it was, it was lovely for me when, when I I heard you say Rattle and Hum was one of your favorite albums. Um, Yeah, it it brought me back. So I've actually not heard it for a few years until this morning again because because of our conversation. So thank Uh, you for bringing it back into my life. I mean, even look at the cover.
0: Was yeah. Bono on stage, he, he's like, "That's how the whole album feels." He's, he's went and grabbed a stage light, like not a light that he was a prop, but a stage light, and yeah. brought it over and put it on the edge, playing guitar. It was like they were not asking permission when they made this album, and it was there were no barriers, there were no boundaries for them, and uh, it's it's a very aspirational album, but it's very very honest.
1: Yeah, I think the word aspirations uh, is, is very apt, if I think about my relationship to it also, because I feel that back then, I, I feel I was very insecure. I didn't know who I was, you know, at the age of 21, 22, you know, you're trying to find yourself in the world. I certainly uh, wasn't um, aware enough to, you know, think I wasn't on the right career path and, and phone my dad and tell him that I'm going to change it like like you did. Um but I think for me there was something you know I I I'm, I'm a the son of two Indian immigrants grew up in the north of England and there was something about the album Americana um cowboy boots the the iconic black and white photography it was it took me to another place an aspirational place where one day I might get to yeah but uh um back to values and authenticity which is really underpinning a lot of this conversation so far When you, I've heard you tell the story about you getting offered a lot of money to do a rom-com when you had already made the decision that you're not going to, and it kept coming. And they keep coming back with more money. And you can tell the story as you wish to, but what I really want to get to is, how is that relevant to someone who's not in Hollywood? And what I mean by that is, what if someone says, well, Matthew, it's all right for you because actually... You were probably, and again, people are making assumptions because they don't know, but you were probably financially okay. So maybe you could turn down a movie script for several million dollars. Whereas me, I can't do that. I hate my job. I don't like it. This conversation about values has no relevance to me because I've just got to keep a roof over my head and I've got to put food in my kid's mouth.
0: It's a very good argument. Um, I'd have to go Back to how it's relative, though, to anyone. It's not necessarily the, the, the lesson in that story. It's not necessarily what that dollar amount is or how many zeros are behind that offer. And the fact that, yes, I did turn down money that some people would hope to make in a lifetime.
2: The relevance is. I.
0: To say yes to that. Again, I wouldn't have found out. Done, there are certain things that we can say yes to that we, have, we, should, we should take time to go. Is this short money? Meaning for me, not my bank account. This may load my bank account, but is it short money for me? It's not dirty money. If I'd have done the rom-com for that money, like I said earlier, that wouldn't have been a bad thing. It would have been a yeah. debit to the world. But it definitely wouldn't have been like an asset. I would have been getting away with not telling a lie rather than doubling down on telling the truth on myself. And that's that's okay. I just, it wasn't for me at that time. So what are those things that come up in front of us that we can say yes to? But when we can, if there's any question, see how far in your future you can go. I try to go 10 years. I'm trying to go all the way to eulogy. But sometimes that's, that's too far for us to go. Sometimes we can only go a week ahead in our mind or a month ahead in our mind or a year ahead in our mind. Well, go as far as you can go and look back and go, what kind of residuals is this choice that I'm going to make now going to be given me then? What will I think about it then? Is this really, you know, a, a, a some of our, that w- if I'd have taken that offer for that rom-com, that'd have been a green light but it wouldn't have been a solar powered green light. It would have been a battery powered green light. It would not have fed, it wouldn't have shown, it wouldn't have been a, one of those green lights that shines eternally for the rest of my, my time here. It would have been something that I'd be sitting here, probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now if I'd have done that. Wouldn't have probably got have the, the life I have right now or sure, I don't think i would have been able to write the book. I don't think I wrote the book. I think I'd have enough to put in the book worth writing if I wouldn't have made that choice. Um, so what are those things that we get that come in front of us that we can go yes to? And immediately they can gratify us. In the short term, they can gratify us. That's a battery powered green light. I chose to go, no, I'm going to go find out. Trust me, my, my, my mom and my brothers were like, what is your problem? What are you talking about? Saying no. Yeah. you got a chance to work. What else are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to, what do you mean? Go go to work. We go to work. If you can get work, you go to work and they're going to pay you what And you're saying, no, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, yep. And they were like, well, we knew you were, but okay. (laughs) Good luck. And it, it paid off. It was about stopping doing something in my life that was not paying me back to my soul. My bank account was fine. But it was about, there are things that come to us again. Bring out the album, Rattle and Hum again. There are things that come up that are silver and gold that can be right there. And wow. And yes, sometimes, man, you get the opportunity to take them. But sometimes we're in a position to go, this may be good for my bank account, but it's not really going to feed my soul's account. And if you're in a position to make that choice, the best are where the souls account. The best is the things we choose that pay both accounts. Yeah. And don't, I'm just saying, don't, there's great value in denying choices that will be, that are really debits to your soul. And for me at that time, i like, that would have been a debit to my soul. That was a step, that would have been a step backwards. That would have been me putting that proverbial roof over. Nope, that's what you got do that compartmentalize. Be happy about that. How dare you ever complain about that? Just go do it. Well, I was in a position to to tell myself, Hey, you got to be more than just happy to be here and happy to have, happy to have this job offer, which was awesome. So it is all relative to go back to the top of the question. It is all relative. And so how does someone out there who's saying, what are you talking about, man? I just need a job. I just got fired. I'm trying to pay my damn rent this weekend. And you're talking, you're, 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 you're talking from your house, from your big house in Austin, Texas, and yeah, you got the privilege to do that, and this old COVID's going fine for you, isn't it? Your pantry's full. You don't have to work today to pay your rent tomorrow. No, I don't. I do not apologize for that, but I do understand the relativity and context of that, and how that can be hard to go, "Well why should I listen to you? What can I learn from you?" And you don't, I'm not asking you to. But I'm saying there is relativity with all these choices and they will come up in small choices in our lives every day. And whether it's a paycheck for a job that you're not, eh, you don't really believe in the values of what it is or it's lying and cheating and stealing to feed me right now, but actually later on. I've I've bought myself stress in the future because I got to look over my shoulder for everybody, wherever I go to see if anyone's there that I lied, cheated, and stole from. So, geez, that's going to suck. So maybe I don't want to do this act right now that will give me immediate hedonistic gratification. But I'm going to regret doing this damn thing later because it's going to be trespassing on my freedom. Yeah. Just consider those things. Just, just, just consider them, and it may be a paycheck. It may be a relationship choice with your spouse, with your children, with a good friend. Yeah, think, think, think long money. And I'm talking. I, I love filling a bank account, but I'm talking about think long money on what fills the uh, the soul's account.
1: Have you heard of the Japanese term ikigai? No. Yeah, it's no. this Japanese. Uh, you'd love it, actually. I'm sure, as you know, when I, I, I read green lights and I, uh, I sort of tap into your thoughts and your patterns and how you you just got a sort of beautiful way of articulating truths through story. You, you, you really do have a wonderful way with words. And Ikigai, it's his Japanese philosophy of to, to, to gain happiness and fulfillment, you want to find something to do that you like, that you're good at, that makes money and the world needs. It's, it's awesome. Because you read that, I remember I saw that on a Facebook meme, how what, seven eight years ago, and I thought, "Oh, I like that. I want myself a bit of icky guy. I like that." Um, do you think you've got your icky guy?
0: Um, I'm I'm in and all around it, and sometimes right on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm I've still got a ways to go because, as we talked about. I would see from hearing that that philosophy icky guy. Um, there is goods that we can sell. I can make a movie and put them in a capsule and say those goods. And if you want to, if you if you if you like a Matthew McConaughey movie, maybe you go to the theater when it opens that weekend, or you rent it and you stream it. Okay, that's a good and whatever to whatever extent I'm in demand. That would be good. I've been in demand enough, or been in films enough, or that that demand pays my rent in a healthy way. And I've enjoyed my work. And I've been able to have experiences and express myself through my work. Now I've written a book, which is, again, going back to filters, one filter away from me, a more true extension. I wrote the script, I directed it. It's really the most me thing I've ever put out there. And Hey, so far so good. We got to make a guy going, man. Sales are good. We're New York Times bestseller. Come on, we got some demand. Evidently, I was able to supply something that people said, "Yes, I want some of that." Yeah. The, the awesome place, the place though, is the no filter place, where the individual, and I'll talk about me for a second, where I am the Mickey guy, meaning. There's no product. There's no extension. There's not something I'm going to wrap up in a box. There's not something I'm going to put between a hardback. There's not something I'm going to put in a capsule and put in a theater. It's live. I'm live. I'm the product. Can I take actions in life daily? Filter less actions daily that are in demand. That's the honey hole. I'm not there yet. Chasing that. But that's the awesome, I would guess, to... That icky guy's really probably getting to, or, or, an, or an ultimate icky, icky guy that we can yeah. all try and get to. That's, that's, that's when it's, oh, there's zero filter. Yeah, It's live. It's that rattling. <laughs> it's happening right now. There is no audition. There is no permission. It is in supply right now. The recorder is always on. And if that can be in demand, that's the ultimate place to, to get yeah. to. So that's, I'm not there yet. But that's a that's a that's a place that I uh, look at and go, whew, how about that? That'd be really pulling one off, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And it's great to see how writing the book and publicising it is is just giving you that flavour of what it's like with the less filters on when you go out to the world. Um, you know, going back, I know at the start we were chatting about podcasting, and I feel very strongly that this podcast for me. Is helping me get there. It's helping me on my journey because my quest in every conversation is not really... I, I've always said to people, this is not an information delivery service. It's it's about connection. It's about the quality of the conversation. If the quality of the conversation, if the, if the connection is right, the gold and the wisdom will fall out on the side of that. Mm-hmm. It's not an interview. I don't do interviews. I do conversations. And what I've really strived towards is I started off doing 30, 40 minute conversations uh, or interviews, I should say. And it wasn't, it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't, I wasn't feeling it in my heart. I was like, okay, it's okay. I can do it. And they said, no, no, in the UK, you have got to do 30, 40 minute. That's the length of a commute. That's what people will listen to. And I thought, well, why don't I just do what I want to do instead of worrying what people want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I got longer... And as I go to an hour, an hour and a half, as I go to two hours, it gets more and more popular. And so it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. So when I'm being me more, when I stop performing and just be me, warts and all, sharing me for who I am with as minimal filters as I possibly can, I'm always working to get better at taking the filter off. I'm not there yet but more and more people listen. And that gives me hope because I think actually maybe marketing has got it all wrong. Maybe the way the world is set up, like you mentioned, of course, Trump gets in because America values money and fame. He has both of those things. But what if we actually value something different as humans? What if actually we do value connection authenticity, integrity over everything else. Because I actually think, and I think this is one of the reasons podcasts are exploding all over the world right now is because you're not getting really the edited, the super edited bite-sized piece on media. You're getting it raw. And you know what I mean?
0: Yes, I do. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool take on it. I hope you're right. Um, I hope you're right. And, and how do we know? How do we measure that? 10 years from now, what is society? What do we value? Who do we put in leadership positions? You know, I don't know, but I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to measure the, 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 the science of values, because I'm with you. We have those. We have to rearrange the pecking order of what we have at the top of the list that we reward in the world, not just America, but around the world. That they're up top is money and fame. Hey, that's great, but that shouldn't be one and two. That is short money, <laughs> as far yeah. as the values go. That's not long money. Um, you know, uh, um, connections, sure. Relationships. What's our relationship with the world, with people, with ourselves? Um, you know, I, I, I've got a, a shared and competent values campaign that I'm working on and I want to release it in my hometown of Austin, Texas. It's not rocket science. It's a bunch of things that our mom has taught us (laughs) that we just kind of forgotten Yeah, that are just a little bit about understanding that there's a tithe we need to pay in life. There's a, there's a tax in human, in humanity, not the government paid tax, but there's a tax in, it's called Fairness or to take time for that connection, there's a tax of accountability and responsibility, but it's a tax that actually pays us back, not some <laughs> government uh, regulated, you know, program, it's, 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 it's a life tax, it's an investment yeah. in our future, it's real ROI, it's sincere mailbox money back to our greatest investment ourselves. How do we, right now, we're in a time of great distrust. We don't know who to believe in. You don't know who to believe in. You don't trust anybody. You start looking in the mirror and not trusting that person either. Yeah. Oh, shit. The the private sector has more power now than ever, all the way down to the individual. Because shit, leaders don't know what they're talking about. Can't trust them. What's this politics? Geez, talk about a broken business. What is politics? I don't know. Can you explain that to me? Well, especially not now, you can't. Do they have purpose? Yeah. Well, what is it? Oh, you don't know? Yeah, me neither. Uh, wh- wh- where do we go? When if you have just everybody feeling like, well, it's up to me, that's a recipe for anarchy. But I do believe values are the one thing that we can go, hey, we need a solid stepping ground out of this, this time. It's a great year to have it coming out of this year, <laughs> this big red light year we've had here. We need a solid stepping stone coming out of here. How about we make that stepping stone values where we do individually pledge and agree to go, I'm going to be a little bit better, a little more competent at my value system today. And if you do that as well, and John and Jane Doe and everyone, a few other people do it, that's how we'll build the collective again. But we have to have, we don't have social contracts right now. We don't have wanted, needed, expected, and met expectations of each other. We don't have them of ourselves. We got to bind that together again. And I think values are the play thing that is not bipartisan, non-denominational, they stand the test of time no matter what storm we go through. You can trust in them, rely on them. And it sure would be a lot of help if I could, if, if I'm going through the storm <laughs> And, and I need some help relying that I can look up at you and you go, yeah, I got your back. I got, I know what you're uh, going through. Got you. Oh, I can, I can, I can, I can trust you with that. You, you're looking after me too. Not actually be my brother's keeper, but you got my back. We're on the set. We agree on an unset. We un- have an unset handshake on what we sort of expect from each other, decency and fairness and accountability and responsibility, even sense of humor. Oh, that's, that's the place. Now, when we realize that that, is still a very selfish thing to do. Because the, the, I think one of the big problems with these ideas is that people go, oh, that's very selfless. Oh, that's, very, that's, that's a great idea to talk about connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intellectually, that's wonderful. Shit, nobody does a damn thing unless it's personal. We talk about it. We don't really do anything unless it's personal. But I think when we can realize that actually it is deeply personal, it is deeply selfish. To act in these ways that we're talking about. They pay us back. There's a place where the selfish choice is the selfless choice. Where what's best for the I is best for the we, where what we want is what we need, and what we need is what we want. Again, talking honey holes, that's that spot. That's what the coolest, the coolest ones in 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 history did. You know, that's part of what Jesus was doing. He was cool. You know what I mean? They were they were making choices that We're selfless and selfish at the same time. And those are not a contradiction.
1: Yeah. I and mean, that's not silver and gold. That's the gold. That is it, isn't it? That is the...
0: That's, 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 the, that's, that's solar power there. That's, that's, that's the ultimate green light.
1: I mean, you, you talked about the science of values. And if we just talk about the science of doing things for others, doing things like, like doing an act of kindness for someone else, we know, yeah, it's good for that guy. But it's actually even better for yourself, right? So, what's yeah. be- what it, it is? It's there in the science as well. We just sure. don't live in alignment with these values. That actually, I think, is our fundamental human nature. But here's the thing, Matthew: you're not trust that our
0: boomerang will come back.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're both optimists. That's the sense right. I'm getting. I think it'll come back. It do will you- come back. But I mean, I think us as human nature, we 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 we. we
0: well, you want me to throw it? You tell me to come back. No, if I throw it, it's out of my hand. I've lost it. Oh my God, who am I? I'm going to get crushed. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, here it came
1: back. You were right. That's what we need to trust for, because it will come back. To, to, to really understand our values, I think we need solitude. We need time where we switch off the noise. Right. So, you started. Looking internally, well, I I don't know if you started with this, but you started journaling. Would fourteen-year-old Matthew today in 2020, if if you were fourteen today and you were struggling and you wanted to ask questions, do you think you would have started journaling, or would it have been easier to jump on Instagram and consume more info from other people? Do you know what I mean? I guess I'm. Is it too noisy out there today? for us to actually hear what's going on inside us?
0: Boy, it sure can be. It's, I mean, look, I, like everyone else, I'm trying to navigate through all the noise because I like to be up to date. I like to check out things. I've learned now that I definitely do not like to take in my news by watching some B-rate actor and their innuendo and what edit they have behind their head selling me <laughs> soft pornography as the daily news i do like a written word that's one filter i like a written word then i can i don't have to, i don't need the audio or the video I, I just want i want let me read the word and paint my own picture and i'll be less emotional and more rational about it um you know watch the same watch the same news the same piece of news being told on two different stations they mm-hmm can spin it to make it look two different ways. And whichever one you're watching, you go like, huh, I agree with that, wow, That's, that must be it. I agree with that. And you change the channel to somebody with a different political view and it's the same subject, you're like, wow, I've, that they're right. And you're like, oh, okay, okay, wait a minute. Both of these can't be true or can they? Um, so, you know, and in an incoming, we are in this world where our children, especially not even our children, us, Never have we talk about supply and demand. We create something. We take a picture of ourselves. We write something down and we go out into the world and we wait. So excited about it. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm an optimist. This is going to be good. Let me hand thumbs up or thumbs down. I get this going to be a great day because I really like this picture. It was cool. And I want to share it. And all of a sudden, bloop, 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 bloop. These down thumbs come in. A few nasty comments
2: come in. And we wilt. Our self-confidence is gone. Our sense of significance is even gone.
0: The day now sucks. All based on what we've sent up into the ether to wait and see what the world thought about it. And it doesn't even matter if you go through those and you go, you know, to your daughter to come, honey, this is not even this person's not even real. This they didn't even look at the picture, it's not even personal. They're a professional naysayer about everything. And that's what they kind of, you know, get off to it doesn't matter. It's our the imprint's already there on us, Um, and our children, especially. So where do we navigate through all the noise? Man, I'm constantly. Looking, You know, you said earlier, more people are going to podcasts, longer form, hear long conversation, understand that things are more of a paradox than a contradiction, understand that things have context, that, you know, there, there's, there's many different truths to a situation Hear The other side, we don't even I was writing this down last night, talking about American about politics in this election year. I write in the book that phrase, you must have confrontation to have unity. And I believe that. But I would go so far as to argue right now in America, we don't even have true confrontation because I would and I'm curious your thoughts on this. I would finish to say that to have true confrontation, if you and I are confronting each other, I have to validate that you exist and your opinion exists and that it has some merit. Maybe you're your merit and it opposes mine, but I have to validate a legitimacy of that you even have an opposing opinion. We are in a time where if you don't agree with me, I don't even legitimize you. Yeah. You're persona non grata. You do not exist if you don't think like I do. Yeah. That's not confrontation. If you don't if you don't if you don't recognize that you have an opponent, if you don't even recognize the validity of having an opponent yeah. or their position having any stance whatsoever. That's not true confrontation. So we cannot come together through that. Um, You know, how how do we get through that conversation to help? I believe that if you meet somebody, look them in the eye and talk to them, it's it's a whole lot It's much harder to harm that person or illegitimize that person.
1: But but that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's it. When we get back to our humanness and we meet someone or you look them in the eye you have no choice really, but to validate them because you can't really communicate in any other way, but you can only invalidate that when it's a faceless communication, when it's just a name on a screen and it's like, it's it's a profile, it's an avatar. It's not real, right?
0: Let me throw this at you. I was talking with this the other day. That invalidation is usually... And mostly when we see that side of ourselves that we don't like. In others. Oh, I'm not like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, stop. You don't exist. Why? Because I'm afraid to look at it because I know that part of me. I regret that part of me. You just took me down a horror lane. You just gave me a nightmare.
1: I've been that person before. That's often the case. I think. I I, th- I think it's, you said earlier on about life being a mirror, right? And that's it. It's, I I, I tell you what I feel I try and do every day at the moment is I look for friction. I look for when does something get a rise in me? When is something bothering me? When is something, ah, you know, I don't believe them. Because And then what I do, and it's taken me a a long time to get to this point. This didn't come naturally to me. I've worked at it. Then I'm like, okay, well, there's a mirror there. What's going on in you? Why has that triggered you? Because if you were totally cool with this and calm, you wouldn't get a rise. And what's so empowering about that is then I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of my thoughts. It doesn't matter what someone else does. I'm always looking at why has that bothered me? So I'm in full agreement, man. I think definitely... If we start, that's personal growth. I think personal growth is right there, is when you look at every bit of friction in your life as an opportunity to learn about yourself.
0: Yeah, and and deal with it, face it, change it, or forgive it. Yeah. Because that's the other, talk about art of living. I mean, when I know when I go off in, in solitude, I do not enjoy the company for the first, usually about 12 days. But I've learned to do my best not to go to the bottle or look for attention on my phone. Or so like, I'll put myself in a place where there is no internet or there is no uh, those things that could take my, my attention elsewhere to entertain me. So I'm stuck with me. And I'm going like, geez, oh man, I can't stand you right now. Yeah. And it gets bloody. But then about day 12, I'll have a moment where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You're the one person you're stuck with. I can't get rid of you, no matter how hard I try. So let's work this out. We're gonna forgive and forget on that one? Yeah, okay, well, you're human. And you've been way too arrogant to feel guilt. so guilty about that anyway. Who the hell do you think you are judging your Great, good job, okay. Let's decide, thanks buddy. And how about these other ones over here? We changing these? Does the, is the, does the buck stop here? <laughs> are we not going to be repeat offenders on this bullshit anymore? I'm tired of it. Well, I'm tired of it, too. Great. All right. We change those. Now we're cool. Now we walk out there, shake hands. And then all of a sudden I'm present. Then all of a sudden I'm hearing the song of life, seeing things clearly. Um, And because of going through that resistance, though, that you talk about of going through that, that, that hardship of going. I'm going to look myself in the eye here, man. Because if we don't do that, it's going to come out anyway down the line in some awkward and ugly way. We will, you know, you don't want it to come out at the dinner party at 11 o'clock that Saturday night when you're really around all your great friends. And there are some people, you know, that 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 that, that you really want to be around. You don't want it to come clumsily out then. Go work it out on our, on our own first. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've clumsily, you know, I've had those come out before. I've learned that lesson. Oh, don't want that. No, I don't like that. But that's the right kind of I think the true kind of resistance that I think we should we should seek. Yeah. Um, and it takes daily maintenance. You know, it's a daily main, maintenance thing. It's, it, it's you know, it's, it's for me, I go to church. Every day? No, Sundays. And I've been reminded the last five years, I'm like, wow, what a wonderful design of the, of the week. Because come about Saturday, I'm ready. For, I need I need to go to church again. And then I come roaring out of church Sunday and I'm like, yes, I'm taking this into the week. I'm going to apply this. I'm going to work on this. And slowly through the week, it gets kind of plucked off me and start to, you know, shedding that skin a little bit and by about Saturday, I'm ready for church again. <laughs> I need another dose, you know, to go in and go, okay, you're number two. What do we need to work on here? You know? And cause we can't all just pack up and throw a backpack on and head off into who knows where on a Fuga Mundi and walk about into nowhere for a month. Yeah. That's a luxury to be able to do that. I can't do that anymore.
1: Um, but it is a daily maintenance. It's what daily. do you do each day? What, is there something you do each day to check in with yourself? I'll go, I mean, I try to practice
0: at the end of the day, going through an inventory of what, what was my day, starting with waking up to breakfast, to kids to work, trying to go through that. And that can be hard to remember. And that's another reason that I have to try to do is because I go, when it's hard to remember, it means you're not doing it enough for me. And then after I go through that, I then, uh, I quite enjoy making a list of what I'm, what my goals are for the next day. Yeah. And they may be tasks. They may be simple things like, you know, make sure and, you know, give Camilla a kiss each time you pass her through the day when you're walking through the kitchen or something, maybe the little fun thing like that, you know? Um, and so understanding, having a look at my immediate past and having an idea of what tomorrow my
2: expectations are, then I'm able to
0: sleep better. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, exercise is helpful. A good sweat can, can handle a lot of things. A good sweat can take all that stress that seems stacked up vertically on our shoulders and bring them down to where they laterally, laterally lay in front of us. And we go, oh, I don't have that weight on my shoulders anymore. Yeah. Everything's just kind of out in front of me. Let me just do one. Let me hop from, from lily pad to lily pad and just knock these things out. And it's much easier. And I find I do them better. Um, um, and then it's you know it's about I've said this before about stress people go oh no stress no stress no stress I'm like what do you mean no stress <laughs> I mean stress means you give a damn <laughs> you know what I mean you got to have a little stress you know yeah. um, stress some guilt some fear have been very valuable for me yeah yeah
1: so insightful to hear. Um... I'm thinking as as I come up to the end of this sort of time, I've not even even touched the surface of the things I was hoping to talk to you about, but then that's what authentic conversation is, right? We start off talking about podcasts and we end up where we end up when the time's up because that's kind of real life, right? Mm. Just to finish things off, this podcast is called Feel Better, Live More. When we feel better in ourselves, we get more out of life. And the phrase which I love in your book is the art of living, the art of living. I, I keep pondering it because I've always said medicine is an art. It's more art than science. Mm-hmm. And I love that term, the art of living. So as a way of closing off, for people listening to this, for people watching this, do you have some of your um what if you could share some of your wisdom on how people can get better at the art of living.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned it earlier and I think, and it's worth mentioning again, I think we can better understand and shake hands with the fact that there is a responsibility to freedom and there is freedom in responsibility. Um the choices we do make today. Let's be kind to our future selves. Have just have, jump forward. Try to lengthen your view a little bit. Write the headline first. Sometimes we'll do, right now, we'll, we'll think about what your eulogy is going to be. Some people go, Oh "No, God, I don't want to go there. That's scary." No, it's not scary. We're all going to die. Jeez. come on. Let's just let I me. Mean, let's look that in the eye. That's happening. No one's racing to get there, but I mean, it's going to happen. So. Think about that, because that story is going to introduce every single one of us forever when we're gone. The beautiful thing about living is we're the author of that story. And we're, if, if we are we're writing the resume on the way to our eulogy, <laughs> we got the pen. We got the paper. The, 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 his, the hands of time and history is recording us right now. Whether the light's on or not, that sounds like rock and roll to me. That sounds like rattling hum. (laughs) Um, So, you know, rock and roll with that in whatever way, with your own self in whatever way you can. Tee yourself up for more green lights in your future. Tee yourself up. Be, be kind to your future self. Be cool to your future self. Be kind and cool to your loved ones.
2: And realize that also the most selfish acts can be the most selfless. And the most selfless acts can be the most selfish.
1: Yeah. Matthew? it's been an honor it's been just wonderful to just speak and speak freely and just let it go where it wants to go um it is there's fireworks going on outside here it's dark it's cold in the uk um i imagine you're you know you're in the morning uh we're in different parts of the world there's different temperature different vibe going on but certainly i feel that we connected over that conversation the book is amazing i really hope everyone goes picks up a copy and uh, thanks so much man
0: quite enjoyed it and once again and even though this is our first time it doesn't feel like it is and the hardest part this time was that
1: we only had an hour and a half (laughs) next time we'll have more absolutely appreciate it take care man thank you so much yes sir So what did you think of that? Matthew is full of some pretty amazing life wisdom. I think there is so much to reflect on there. As always, do try and think about one thing you can take away from today's episode and apply into your own life. And of course, do let Matthew and I know what you thought of today's show on social media. You can visit the show notes page on my website to see links to Matthew's book and other fascinating articles about his work. Now, is this a conversation you think someone in your life would benefit from hearing? If so, why not take a moment right now to choose who that person is, it could be a few people, and send them a link to this episode with a personal note. This is such an impactful thing to do. It serves as an act of kindness that has benefits not just for the other person, but for you as well. Don't forget this episode, like all of them, is also available in high definition on YouTube if your friends and family prefer videos as opposed to audio podcasts. Now, if the section on values and purpose from this conversation resonated with you, you may want to check out my second book, The Stress Solution, where I dive into this topic and leave you with some really practical tips to help you get started. I know many people have found it really helpful to start aligning their life with their values and purpose. The Stress Solution is available all over the world to order in paperback, ebook, and as an audiobook, which I am narrating. My upcoming book, Feel Great Lose Weights, is also available to pre order right now. Although the title is focused on sustainable weight loss, the truth is that this book will help any one of us understand ourselves and our behaviors so that we can make better choices to improve our health and the quality of our life. A big thank you to my wife, Vidata Chatterjee, for producing this week's podcast, and to Richard Hughes for audio engineering. Have a wonderful week. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back in one week's time with my latest conversation. Remember, you are the architects of your own health. Making lifestyle changes always worth it because when you feel better, you live more. I'll see you next time.